Well, hello Gateway Church. Um, it's such a privilege to be with you all this morning. Um, thank you so much for having me. I've absolutely loved being with some of you over the last couple of evenings and talking about um, living the life that Jesus modelled, living a naturally supernatural life. Um, you know, Jesus proclaimed and demonstrated the kingdom wherever he went and he's now passed the baton on to us. It's now our privilege to proclaim and demonstrate his kingdom wherever we go. It's such a privilege. And uh, over the last couple of evenings, I've talked a bit about some of the keys that I've learnt about how to do the stuff that Jesus did. Uh, but this morning, I just want to focus in on what is maybe the most important foundation for us to build our lives on if we want to live the normal Christian life and see God's kingdom come wherever we have influence. And this morning, I want to talk to us about the importance of us knowing who God is as our father. And when I say this, I'm not talking about knowing it as information, just as head knowledge, because we all know that God's our father. But I'm talking about us going on a journey of knowing this through revelation, uh, going on a journey of allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of what it means to have God as our father so that our behavior actually changes and we live differently as a result. And, you know, the truth is that everything Jesus did flowed out of his relationship with his father. You know, he said in, in scripture, I only do what I see the father doing. And he often, you know, took himself off to have one to one time with his father. You know, Jesus proclaimed and demonstrated the kingdom because he knew who God was as his father and because he knew who he was as a dearly loved son of God. And, you know, it's also true that Jesus came to reveal the father. And uh, what's interesting is, you know, he couldn't reveal the father if he didn't know him, if he wasn't in relationship with him. And so he came to reveal the father. And um, that's what his ministry was about. He was constantly pointing his disciples to the father. He was coming to reveal what the father was like for them. And there's one particular piece of scripture that I really love where um, the disciples and Jesus are hanging out and it's, it's not long before Jesus is going to go back to heaven. He's talking about going back to heaven and preparing a place for the disciples. And uh, in John chapter 14, um, we start at verse 6, Jesus says this. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And it's a brilliant example again where the disciples haven't got it. And I reckon Jesus is a bit like, oh, because he, he says, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And so if we want to go on this journey of learning about who God is as our father, the best place to look is Jesus. Jesus came to show us what the father's like. And so if we look at him, we can learn from his life and how he interacted with other people, just what the father is like. And so I want to spend a bit of time this morning looking at Jesus and pulling out a few things we can learn about the father by looking at the life of Jesus. Because, you know, the amazing privilege for us is just like Jesus went around proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom and his heart was to show people what the father's like that's our mandate too 
So this is not just about a tick box exercise of, you know, oh, I've given the gospel today. Oh, I've prayed for someone for healing. This is about getting revelation of the Father for ourselves so that we can go around like Jesus, so that we also then go around revealing the Father to everyone around us so they can come to know him. But we can't reveal the Father if we don't first know him. So let's spend a bit of time looking at Jesus. I'm just going to pull out three different things that we can learn and... uh, And the first one is this. First thing we can learn about our father is that he can use anyone. Our father can use anyone. And that is that is brilliant news. You look at Jesus, look at his choice of disciples. I find it very comforting personally because you've got people like Peter who got so riled up on one occasion that he actually chopped somebody's ear off. I mean, if, 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 if Jesus chose Peter and, and reinstated him, even, if, even after he denied Jesus, he denied Jesus, he ran away from him, he rejected him at his point at most need, and yet Jesus reinstated him and used him powerfully in the church. You've got James and John, who were called the sons of thunder, who wanted to call down fire from heaven on a Samaritan village, and yet God used James and John. You've got People like Matthew, who was a tax collector, who was rejected by people, despised by people. Jesus chose Matthew. You've got Mary Magdalene, who was tormented by the demonic, by spiritual oppression, and yet Jesus chose her. What we can learn about the Father from Jesus is that the Father can use anyone. And so what's, what's encouraging for us, for us in that is that we, we have to realise that no one is disqualified from this lifestyle. You know, Jesus sent his disciples off to do the stuff that he'd been doing way too soon, in my opinion. And yet what we can learn is the Father loves to use all of us, that none of us are disqualified from doing the stuff that Jesus did. God can use all of us. Whether you're educated or uneducated, whether you're rich or poor, male or female, married or single, whether you've got kids or you don't have kids, whether you feel confident or you feel scared, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, whether you're healthy or sick, nothing disqualifies us from this call. All of us can be used by the Father. He wants to use all of us. He's got brilliant plans laid out for all of us. All of us have been drafted into this incredible mandate to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom wherever we have influence, to reveal the Father to the people around us. None of us are excluded. And actually, in my experience, You know, I think when we feel weak, when we feel unable to do something, I think that's actually all the better. I think God actually loves that because it means we lean into him and we have to depend on him. And Jesus was regularly teaching the disciples, look to the father, lean into the father, depend on the father. And so I think when you feel like you can't do it, you're in the best place to do it because then you have to rely on him. So the first thing that we can learn about the father from Jesus is that he can use anyone and no one is disqualified from this way of living and um, even if you feel weak completely weak completely unable then that is actually what qualifies you because then the father can rush in let's look at something else we can learn about the father from Jesus and this is I I love this about the father and, and it's this the father is unbelievably kind Our father is unbelievably kind and there's so many different examples that we could look at um, that reveal the father's kindness by looking at the life of Jesus. Uh, Different things that we could look at, um, the way that Jesus dealt with the woman caught in adultery. 
just love that story. It's just a beautiful story of the kindness of Jesus, the way he deals with that woman, the way that he protects her, the way that he covers her, that he doesn't make her feel shamed. Um, we could talk about that. We could look at the way he picked out Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus was rejected by people. He was a thief. And yet Jesus picks him out and says, I'm going to come and eat at your house. And his life gets transformed. The woman who poured perfume over Jesus' feet, she was misunderstood. She shouldn't have been there. She was carrying shame. And yet Jesus called her out and said to his disciples who were not happy about it, um, her story is going to be preached wherever the gospel is preached. I mean, it's just incredible, the kindness of God. The way, he, the way Jesus interacted with children shows, shows us the kindness of the Father. But I just want to hone in on quickly the story of the woman who had the issue of blood. And I love this story and I love how Jesus is in this story. Um, you know, you, it'll be familiar to you. Jesus was on his way to uh, stop a young girl of 12 years old from dying, Jairus' daughter. And this woman with the issue of blood, she'd had this issue for 12 years, gone to all the doctors, nothing had worked. And Jesus was passing by and she, she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I could be healed. And she shouldn't have been in the crowd, but she pushes through the crowd and she just grabs the edge of his garment. And in that instant, she's completely healed. But the kindness of Jesus is on display because of what happens next, because he waits. He waits. He says, who's touched me? And he looks around and he waits and she's hiding in the crowd. But eventually she comes forward and says, it, it, it was me. And he says, he calls her daughter and he blesses her and she goes off completely restored. And I'll tell you why that's the kindness of Jesus, because he was in a rush. He was on his way to stop a little girl dying. He could have just thought to himself, oh, someone's been healed and just carry on. But he waited because he was more, he was interested in not just healing this woman, but restoring her whole person. And, and here's, here's how that happened. If she had disappeared, having been healed without anyone knowing it was her, people may not have believed that she was healed and she may well have still been held at arm's length in the, in the society and in the community. By waiting, Jesus gave her an opportunity to be seen by the entire crowd as being completely healed, as being having been made completely clean, which not only meant she left healed, it meant that she, she left restored in terms of the community, emotionally whole, mentally whole, built into the community, that was the kindness of Jesus in that moment. It wasn't just about physical healing, although that was amazing. It was about her whole person. And it's just amazing to me, the kindness of Jesus on display in that moment. And there's so many other things I could mention. But what all of these things point to is that we have a father who is unbelievably kind. And you know, the truth is God's, God's kindness is powerful. God's kindness is powerful. Scripture tells us, doesn't it? It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And you know, the truth is that people who don't yet know Jesus are crying out for love and acceptance and kindness. And when we are kind to others, when we are kind to people who don't yet know Jesus, it's like a really loud siren against the background of today's society it stands out like a sore thumb because it's not the norm and so when we are kind to other people when we encourage them when we smile when we start a conversation when we offer to buy someone a coffee whatever it might be we get to reveal 
a little glimpse of the kindness of the Father that we worship. And it's appealing. It's appealing for people. They are longing for it. And I just want to say to you, if you're tuning in this morning and you don't yet know Jesus, I just want to say, listen, Jesus has made a way for you to come into relationship with your perfect heavenly father who is unbelievably kind to you and he's pursuing you he's running after you he loves you with an everlasting love and I just want to encourage you look if that's you maybe just pray God if you're real would you come and show me what you're like come and show yourself to me and I I tell you you won't regret it and so God is kind our father is kind and In order for us to reveal the kindness of God to others um, as we're out and about, we have to know his kindness towards us. Have you received the kindness of God for you? I mean, I could tell you so many stories of how I've received the kindness of God, but let me just give you one example. A couple of years ago, um, I had to, um, I got told that I needed to have a hysterectomy. And uh, it, it came a little bit out of the blue. I had had some previous medical issues, but this came a little bit out of the blue. And it was a really, really difficult time. I'm, I'm single. I haven't got my own children. And this obviously is, is, is a pretty final situation. And so there was a lot of grieving to do. It was a bit of a whirlwind. It happened within a month of me deciding to go for it. And it, it was tough in so many ways. But Um, In the lead up to the surgery, I felt um, I knew that there was an orchard ward on the hospital and I felt like the father said to me, you are going to recover in the orchard ward and it is going to be a prophetic sign to you of the fruit that's going to come out this hard season. And so I kind of took that and as I came out of surgery, I overheard, oh, we're going to take Wendy to the orchard ward. And I was like, "Okay, wow, God, you, you, you have put me on that ward. And so I found that encouraging and I and I knew that was his kindness. But. What was amazing was, if you fast forward, I think it was six months later, uh, I I bumped into a friend who I hadn't seen for a long time. And she said, ah, I've been meaning to get in touch with you. She said, "Um, when you were out of of hospital and recovering, I had a a vision of you. And in this vision, uh, you were in your garden wearing this dress and there was an apple tree in the middle of the garden. And there were apples all over this apple tree. And, And she said, you were collecting apples in your skirt and you were laughing hysterically because as quick as you could gather them up, more were appearing. And I just felt like the father wanted to encourage you that there is incredible fruit coming for you. And it was such an encouragement to me because I thought, wow, God, you are just reminding me of what you said about the orchard ward. And you're just bringing it to mind again. And it was such an encouragement to me. Anyway, it was at the time when I was reducing my hours at the church to travel more. And then COVID hit. And so I'd got all these travel dates in the diary and then I couldn't do any of them. And again, I was like, Father, what's going on? You know, you said this. I don't understand. And, you know, it was, it was quite a, a tussle. But then God's kindness broke in again. And uh, not long into lockdown, uh, my godson, who was seven at the time, decided to draw me a, a picture. And his mum brought it over. And when I opened the picture up, I just want to show you what it was. It was so incredible because he had drawn an apple tree with someone underneath it. And yet again, I just thought, wow, God, you you are unbelievably kind to me because you have now used a seven-year-old to say again, it's okay, I've got this, there is fruit coming. 
And so the truth is God is unbelievably kind to all of us if we just look for his kindness. And the more we receive his kindness for us, the more we're able to give it away to others. And then lastly, I just want to talk about one more thing we can learn about the Father, and it's uh, from Jesus, and it's this. Our Father enters into our pain. Our Father enters into our pain. And it's so important that we learn about this. We need to know this, because when you go after living a naturally supernatural life and doing the stuff that Jesus did, you're going to experience um, two ends of a spectrum, two different paths. Number one you will get to see incredible breakthrough. You'll get to be involved in seeing miracles and people's lives transformed and people's bodies healed. And it would be amazing. You will see some beautiful things as you go after seeing God's kingdom come. But you will also experience some really major losses and confusion and mystery when it seems like God isn't answering the prayers that you're praying. And it seems like God is late in turning up. And so you're going to experience both of these paths. And so we've got to understand that the father we follow, the father we're in relationship with, enters into our pain. Because we need to learn how to come to him with our pain to process it so that we can stay in a place of faith and expectation for increased breakthrough. There's lots of mystery in the kingdom, like the mystery of me having a hysterectomy and yet also praying for people to be fertile and seeing them become pregnant. There's mystery in the kingdom. And yet the truth is that God is doing good work. And when we come to him with our pain, he enters into it and we get healing and we can go again and keep asking him for more. Let's quickly look at the story of Jesus and Lazarus just to learn a bit about this. Um, Just some context. Jesus and Lazarus, Mary and Martha, their siblings. Jesus is their friend. And Lazarus gets really sick and Mary and Martha send for Jesus and say, come, Lazarus is sick. I'm I'm expecting, I'm I'm assuming they're expecting Jesus to rock up and heal Lazarus. But um, Jesus actually waits two extra days where he is uh, because he he knows this part of the plan is that Lazarus is going to die, but Jesus is going to raise him from the dead. But Mary and Martha don't know this. And in those two days, Lazarus dies. And there's a massive amount of grief and pain. And I would imagine... Mary and Martha are thinking, why was he late? Why was he late? And uh, Jesus eventually arrives uh, and sees Mary and Martha. And in John eleven thirty three, we see his response to their pain. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping, that's Mary, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And later at the tomb, Jesus wept. And so what we learn from Jesus about our father from this story is that he's not indifferent about our pain. Jesus was not indifferent about the pain here. He felt deeply about the deep pain that Mary and the mourners were feeling. He wasn't distant. He he didn't excuse himself from it. He didn't stay separate from it. He entered into the pain. He felt deeply about it. And then he grieved alongside them. Jesus wept. And I I find this amazing because he knew that he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus knew there was a plan. He could have said, hey guys, stop crying. It's going to be okay. I'm, gonna, I'm about to raise Lazarus from the dead. But he doesn't say any of that. Instead, he validates their feelings by entering, entering in with them. I just think that's amazing. And you know, the truth is when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our pain, our suffering, and and when it comes to, you know, the, 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 the stuff that we don't see God do when we're going after the supernatural and we don't see breakthrough and there's loss and there's pain and there's grief. 
the reality is that Jesus and the father could also say, hey, guys, don't panic. Don't cry. It's OK. You don't have to you don't have to feel that pain because I've got a plan. There's resurrection coming. I've got a plan. I'm in charge. I'm in control. He could say that because that's true. He knows what's going on, but he doesn't. He, he, says, he says to us, come, come to me, come to me. And, and as we grieve and as we express our pain and our confusion and we deal with the mystery, he, he enters into our pain. He feels deeply about it. He feels deeply about it and he enters into our pain and he grieves with us. And then he pours out his comfort upon us because he's not a robot. He's a father who loves us deeply and abundantly. And so we've got to understand that he enters into our pain. And, you know, when we come to him, when we come to him with our pain and our confusion and our questions, he receives us and he brings healing to us. And I tell you, the, the healing that's available to us on the other side of time with him and processing with him is, is phenomenal. It's amazing. And it enables us to stay in a place of faith. If we're going to go after the life that Jesus modelled and, and, and stay in a place of faith and expectation, we've got to get real with him about our pain. We've got to come to him with our questions and our confusion and our pain because then we are able to stay in a place of genuine faith for more breakthrough because we know that's what he wants for us. That's what he wants for us. So there we go. I just want to, I want to just take a moment to pray but just to say, if you want to go after this lifestyle, this is a really key foundation to build on. Knowing who God is as our Father, not just as head knowledge, but through revelation in our hearts. And a great place for us to learn what the Father's like is to look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, learn from him, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the truth to your heart. Let me just pray for us as I finish. You might want to just close your eyes, put your hands out, however you feel uh, most able to meet with God. I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just want to thank you um, for just how amazing you are. We just want to say we love you. And we, and we love that we get to see what you're like as we look at Jesus. Jesus, thank you for showing us the Father. Thank you for showing us the Father. And Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would come and meet with us. Holy Spirit, we recognise that we can't get revelation on our own apart from you. We need your help. And so Holy Spirit, right now, would you come and just speak truth to our hearts about what it means to have God as our Father. Come and show us the truth, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you put your finger on wrong thinking about the Father that we have. Put your finger on wrong thinking and speak truth to us. Holy Spirit, show us the truth that the Father can use anyone. All of us are included in this. Show us the truth that our Father is unbelievably kind. Unbelievably kind. Thank you for your kindness, Father. And show us the truth that the Father, our Father, enters into our pain. Teach us, Holy Spirit, more and more what it means to be sons and daughters. Sons and daughters who know that we are loved. 
and who know that that means we can come as we are. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to prove anything. Because Father, I just pray that you would shake off of us, off of us any sense of having to prove anything to you or to others, of having to work really hard to make stuff happen. I just pray all of that would drop off right now. Oh, and I pray instead that we would just know uh, a peace, an internal peace and rest, and that we would do everything that we do out of that place. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. I just quickly want to pray if you've got pain on the right side of your neck, just feel like the Father just wants to come and heal you. So if that's you, just put your hand on the right side of your neck. I just pray, Father, bring healing now. Just speak healing into that neck in the name of Jesus. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray for all of us that you would give us opportunities this week as we're out and about to reveal something of what the Father's like to those around us. Use us, God. Use us, God, so that you will be glorified. In your precious name. Amen.